All right, we're back for episode 12. Hero. Hello. I'm, I'm Emma Joel. Ray. You, I, I speak first. Oh, you think Everybody you speak knows. first? No. I'm Joel. I'm Emma Ray. Emma Ray. I mean, Emily. You gotta say it right. Emma Ray. Emma Ray. It's just never good enough for you. It's not. Steppy game up, shoddy. So episode 12. Wow. Yeah, That's like six times two. You're really three good times at math. Four. Holy poop sickles. That's three months. It is three months. It is a little crazy sometimes thinking about it. To be honest. TBH. TBH. OMG. The boys in the OMG. Cray lady. cray. Right? OMG, mom. OMG. Just wait till they're teenagers. Oh, God. Not looking forward to those years. <laughs> I love my children. Not looking forward to those years. Yep. So what's new with you this week? What's going on? Not a whole lot, man. Just been chilling. The boys came back home. Uh-huh. I'm feeling better. I can't I still can't seem to shake this cough, but they really needed to move back home. So got the boys again. You just need those good drugs, huh? Thank God for that inhaler. Told you you needed it. The whole week and a half before, you're like, no, I don't need it. Don't need it. Get the I didn't inhaler. Need it for 50 bucks. Oh my god, I feel so much better. 30. I'm broke. No, it was 50 at Walmart. It's 30. No, it was more. You're wrong. Who's you the don't pharmacy know. technician? Talk, Who's they didn't the farm talk tech? To you, so. Who is the farm tech? Anyway, but I ended up getting it for free, so the fuck ever. You're welcome. After chest x rays. It's fun. Yeah, so it's been an interesting week, but the boys, they're back home. Woo. Woo. Yeah, I felt like I was getting better, like my energy level was getting better. And, and then, then children entered your life again. <laughs> no, not. Yeah, went right back to I can't breathe and I don't have any energy and I feel like I can't move. You went back to the negatives. And the cough. Yeah. At least I don't have the muscle aches, the fever, or the headache anymore. That's a plus. That's a plus. So I was thinking maybe we could, because we were talking about it earlier, do a little thanks to the people who are really on the front line during all this. I know we don't currently have a huge amount of listeners, but maybe someday they'll listen to this and they'll know that they're appreciated. They they get it from TV. They get it from everybody else. But it doesn't hurt for us to say thank you to anybody that's working the grocery stores and the supermarkets or gosh, even the people that are fixing cars still or working at gas stations and they're really there face to face with people every day and taking care of us for the things that we really need to keep this country going even the slightest bit. You know real homies, the OGs. They are. What would we do without them right now? We would be fucked. Was that again? Sam. Did you like the face that went with that? I did. Yeah. So thank you guys. It's Donka. A, a ridiculous situation that they've been put into. Uh, you, do you, you know Spider-Man? Not with, personally, with but I know of him. With great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And they are right now Spider-Man. They have this power. They could just stay home. But they don't. They go in and they help us. And they're there when we need them. 
Shouts out to you. We give you a high five. Ready? Three, two, one. Thanks, y'all. That peaked my mic out. <laughs> I know I'm such a loud clapper. So what are you drinking tonight? I know I bought you something, but I can't remember what it was. Take a guess. Is it Golden Monkey? It is. Okay. I couldn't remember if that was what it was called. It's my favorite. Mostly because it's nine and a half percent. Also kind of because it tastes good. So. And it's beer. Yay. Yay. We also found out today when we were checking out that Wegmans has a limit on what you can buy. <laughs> We've never bought that much before, apparently. Not from Wegmans. I am drinking. What is the name of this? It's really good. It's a rosé. And I fucking love rosés. It's a rosé from Provence, France, which is important because Provence knows what they're doing when it comes to rosés. This if is, you send us PA or California wine, she won't drink it. No, I will. No, I'll drink California. I'm not drinking PA wine. I've send had us PA, PA wine. I don't send need us to have Cali it wine. I like Cali wine. But this is Chateau Vigneleur. It looks like Vigneleur. Vigneleur. I don't know. But it's Vigneleur. Did you search that up on Google? I sure as hell did. Just so you'd be able to pronounce it for this. Uh-huh. Sure did. <laughs> I know you too well. <laughs> I think it's important to try and pronounce things properly if you can or as close to just do them some justice, right? Make an attempt. Sure. I got some fun facts for you today. Of course you do. I always do. And <laughs> I'm, I'm having fun with this. You're good that way. <laughs> so today we're doing um, the theme of this episode is kind of PA legends, PA haunts. So I looked up some weird facts about PA, and these are things that I didn't know. I thought they were pretty cool. So the state insect is the firefly. Isn't that cute? The firefly? Yeah, the lightning bug. The I firefly. definitely wouldn't have thought it was a fire firefly. I don't know that I ever knew what... I didn't even know states had insects, like a state insect. I knew they had a state bird and a state flag and a state flower, and that was it. I wonder if there's like a state gecko. A state that has a gecko? If each state has their own species of gecko. I would imagine probably not. What about amphibians? Maybe. Mammals? Oh, that would be us, duh. Us as in you and I, or us as in humans? Us as in humans. <laughs> yeah, right. Please. Humans hate humans. You think we'd pick ourselves? Yeah, because we're also <laughs> fucking egos. <laughs> so the, the, I did the firefly. There is a PA law that forbids singing in the bathtub, which I would fucking fail at. It's bullshit. How would you, like, how do you enforce that shit? Do you bust into somebody's house when they're, they're in the bathtub? Why is that even a thing? Who knows? Like laws you know generally got... become something because... Because somebody did something stupid while they were doing it. You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of pissy old guys that run HOAs, homeowner associations. Yeah. And they're like, you can't put daffodils in your front yard. They can only go in your backyard. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? This is fucking stupid. Maybe did it you was just the, hiccup into the money? Maybe it was the AOA, the Apartment Owners Association. Because <laughs> you definitely hear that. People are weird. Can you take a shower and sing? I guess so, but not, not take a, a bath. bath. 
Uh-huh. It must be from before. Loopholes. It must predate showers. But, like, why? Who fucking cares? There must have been somebody that was just such a, an atrocious singer <laughs> that their neighbor was like, I need to get this passed into law. Thanks a lot, Gertrude. The most haunted house in the U.S. was once considered to be the Congolier House on Ridge Street in Pittsburgh. I did a little bit of research on that house. It was some interesting history and lore behind it, but I think none of it ends up being true. But it's still a cool story. So look it up. Congolier House, Ridge Street, Pittsburgh. Once the most haunted house in America. Were they the answers? No, I was like, um, I think... There was a man and his wife, a husband and wife that lived there and their maid. And the husband had an affair with the maid. So the wife found out and she went crazy and killed them all with a butcher knife. It's a good way to do it. Right. And then shortly after that, in the late 1800s, um, a serial killer moved into the property and did murders there until he was caught. And then it was like. The descendants of the first family that owned the house, the Congoliers, they moved back into the property and they had some mysterious, unfortunate deaths on the property. So, but it's all myth. You didn't get my joke. What? That was just a joke and you went into a rant. I've been at the wine for a while. What What was your joke? Are they dancers? <laughs> Why? Is that a joke? Say the name again. Congolier? Oh, you mean like Congo line? Yeah, I did not pick up on that at all. I breezed right over it. (laughs) You bring this family great shame. This is more proof that I'm the funny one and you're not. Yeah, right. You just don't know how to appreciate (laughs) shit. The world's largest furry convention occurs annually in Pittsburgh. You want to go? I already bought us tickets. To the furry convention? You think I'm joking? Those are different people. Yeah. There's furry porn. That's special. You think I'm special? Are you into furry porn? Have you been <laughs> on furry porn? Have I Is been on furry porn? Is there something I don't porn? know about you? Just don't look in my closet. Ew. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ugh. The oldest known site of human habitation in North America is in Meadowcroft Rock Shelter, which is in Washington County, and it dates back 16,000 years. And I thought that was really fucking cool. The oldest record of people in this country is in Pennsylvania. Wow. That's our home. But everybody knows that the Lord didn't bring humans to this earth until... 4,000 years ago, right? Or something like that. I thought it was like 33 or 3,200 we probably just lost know, all of our listeners thumper. with the furry and the Jesus comment. <laughs> okay, I've told people that you were about to get laid on this show, and you've talked about aliens sticking things up your butt. So I'm pretty sure they're sticking around for the furry convention. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Getting laid would attract the furries, but... Do you think... Shoo away the... Do you think the furry convention confuses aliens? No. They come down for people, and what if they show up at the convention and all they find are people dressed as animals, and they're I'm like, "The scared fuck shitless. is going on here?" Maybe. Did I get high before I dropped into this atmosphere? I wonder like, what the statistics on? are on that. 
furry abductions versus human abductions? That's a good question. Maybe that's a really good way of hiding it. You don't need the foil hat, right? You don't need the tinfoil hat. You actually need a furry costume. Right. Dress up as one of the trash bandits. These or are the questions that keep me up at night. I want to be a raccoon. No, you don't. Why not? A furry raccoon or a real raccoon? Like a furry raccoon. Why? I don't know. Well, you wouldn't have to do eyeliner then. I never do eyeliner anyway. Are you kidding? I'm so lazy anymore. This... Basic ass bitch. The whole virus has given me the excuse to be dirty as shit. I am embracing the no shampoo movement. People's skin is probably just like, yes, keep it up. It's true. Honestly, since stopping putting on makeup and I'm just using the conditioner, not shampoo. I mean, I wash everything else, but when it comes to the hair, I've been letting that (laughs) thing go natural. It's been so happy. Even your butt hair? Well, I don't normally apply shampoo or conditioner to butt hair. Typically, I, do. I, do. I wonder That's if that would make it really so soft. Like, could good. you braid your butt hair if you put conditioner on it? I don't think butt hair would be long enough to braid. Yours might be. Debatable. <laughs> if I didn't Is wear, that what we're trying after if I we didn't get wear <laughs> underwear or pants for a while. Well, dude, imagine the dingleberries with braided butt hair. It might actually prevent dingleberries. I don't think it would. No, you think they'd be stuck on there? Yes. It would probably trap more. Uh, what's your logic behind that? I mean, they would. it would be a plate as opposed to a whole bunch of loose hairs for it to get stuck into. A plate? Apparently, I have my ringer on. <laughs> Hang on a second. Venus. Yeah, it's like a, a, it's a plate, so... It's not like a bunch of What are you talking hairs. about a plate? So a braid is a plate. It's called a plate. It's not literally a P-L-A-I-T, plate. P-L-A-I-T. Not P-L-A-T-E. Okay, it doesn't make any difference. It's smooth. It's not a whole bunch of loose hairs. Maybe to when get you have on. 800 hairs going into a braid. Do you have dingleberry issues that you're not telling me about? You know about my dingleberry issues. Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> yeah. And now everybody else Oh my else god. Does. Speaking of dingleberries. So you remember how a couple of weeks ago we did the biology thing for the boys? So it's like the... It, we got them this fun thing at Walmart. It's just like home biology kit. And Joel made media to put into the little plates. And they were going to... Which is what makes the bacteria grow. Yeah. So it's basically food. Media is the food. It's just sugar and some starches and stuff. So he makes the media, puts it in the plates, and the idea is to you take these Q-tips and you swab different parts of your body, like your hands and your nose, and you try to figure out what's what's really gross. And <laughs> they were looking at them today. They were so obsessed with my oldest butt crack. It was hysterical. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> they were just, it's pink. What is this? What's growing in my butt crack? <laughs> Did it grow anymore? Yeah, um, a little bit, yeah. They didn't grow a whole lot. I mean, we're three weeks out now, so the media is probably pretty much used up and tired and dried anyway. Yeah. But I thought I really do wonder what is growing in his butt crack. Little boys are nasty. That's why I told him to stop biting his fingernails. I told him that every time he bites his fingernails, because that kid likes to stick his fingers down his pants and scratch his butt crack. Uh, I said, you're eating your butt crack when you bite your fingernails. It's a little boy thing. It just makes you stronger. What, eating your fingernails? 
Eating your butt crack fingernails. Eating yes. your own butt crack? Yes. That's so nasty. <laughs> like, I love you, kid. Please don't kiss why do me you after this. <laughs> why do you think your immune system is weak? Because you don't chew system? on your fingernail butt crack. No, it's because my spinal cord's all fucked up. That does not... It's a thing. I don't think so. I don't know for sure, so I can't say it's not, but it doesn't make sense to me. I think we've been at this a little while. Wow, okay, it's not too bad, but 17, 18 minutes in. So, we've had our drinks. We're on our way to being a, a little drunk. I'm pretty drunk. I'll you are honest. pretty drunk. You better drink some water. This wine is so good. There, I did put a glass of water out, but... Good girl. Now it's time for the, the day job. Stop, I told you last time. I Don't know, it was too much again. fun. I had to do it again. <laughs> did it again. You're not getting laid tonight. Time for the dead. That's what you get. You're beautiful. And I blew it in her I love your face. I don't necessarily love the sounds that come out of your face. You're fucking rude. (laughs) So am I going first this time? I went first last time. Go ahead. All right, all right. I know you're itching to tell us. It's probably better I do it now because if I keep going, if I listen to yours first, I'm going to be... Crashed by the time we get to my story. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I love wine, by the way. So I titled mine, uh-huh. Why Pennsylvania? Why? Why? Why Pennsylvania? Why? Why? Why Pennsylvania is the gateway to hell. I could have told you that. But I actually like, I really like Pennsylvania. I, don't. I like living here. It's not the best state. It's not the best anything ever, but I enjoy Pennsylvania. I enjoy Erie. Excuse me. That's probably, your brain's probably messed up because of your spinal cord. It's a pretty place. And it's quiet and it's cheap because everybody's broke as fuck. Have you lived in Erie before? It's not quiet. It ain't New York. It ain't Pittsburgh. Okay, well that's it. No. Yeah, it takes like five minutes to get out of the city, so it's cool. Anyway. So why Pennsylvania is the gateway to hell? Shut up and listen to my story. So you know how I normally start off every no. story with your dick. <laughs> I know. I usually start every story with a history of wherever I'm talking about. Uh-huh. This time, I didn't. I looked up the history. Shit, are you okay? I know, is right? Is it your spine again? It might be. <laughs> <laughs> I breezed over it because I just, I didn't have time to include it because I found so much other good shit I wanted to include. And I've been so excited about doing this episode all week once I found this stuff. Uh-huh. I'm so excited. Oh, wow. Your I, mouth didn't even move at I all. I was so excited. <laughs> so when I was looking up legends about PA, one of the most popular legends is, um, is about the seven gates of hell. In Hellam Township. I'd never heard of this before. So the gates are supposedly located in the woods found off of Trout Run Road and an old dirt path that's now known as Toad Road that runs into the woods. So there's there's the regular road and then there's the dirt kind of dirt gravel path that runs into the road. Where is Trout er, into Run? The woods. Not here. That sounds really familiar. Well, yeah, I mean, we have Trout Run near here. Don't we? Maybe. But this is on the other side of the state. This is on the eastern side. This is over in York County. 
so it's not close to here. We also have places named Mill Creek and Fairview because we're really fucking original and northeast. So What's naming it that? Trout Run is probably not that unique. <laughs> I'm just saying whoever named our area didn't do a good job of doing it originally. What the fuck is that? And where did it come from? My belly button. Ew. That's so <laughs> nasty. <laughs> what the fuck is I've that? I've been working. <laughs> Okay, calm down. <laughs> it's going to be a trip for you to listen to. This is going to be great. Okay. Now that we've gotten past your belly button, <laughs> whatever the fuck <laughs> is growing in there. <laughs> there are a few origin, few origins, few versions of this origin story. And, okay, so there's like at least three that I found. One says that an odd, possibly psychotic doctor lived back in the woods and decided to decorate by putting up several gates along a path that runs really deep into the woods. So that would be like Toad Road. Why he decided to decorate like this? Who fucking knows? As we witnessed driving through South Carolina, people put some weird shit in their yards. Right? People do weird stuff with their property. You have to pass through the gate to see the next one. How is that a decoration? You'll see getting later into the story that the gates are not close together at all. So it's not like you see, you go through one gate and immediately see the next one. You have to search for this shit. Right, I get that. But like, well, I'm not I'm saying, saying that it was a decoration. Like a decoration. I'm saying he put them up. And why? Who fucking knows? Because people do stupid shit to their yards. Facts. Right? People do weird shit. People like to put up the the old ladies in their bloomers bending over. Why? Nobody wants to look at a fat old lady's ass. Speak for your fucking self that on that one. Look at in bloomers. Jesus Christ. There's why? Why is that in the front yard? I don't get it. Or flamingos in Alaska. Put those in your front yard. Makes sense, right? Maybe they're trying to bring a little bit of sunshine to their lives. Maybe. But people put weird shit in their yards is my point. I get that. Okay. So, doctor. We've got the doctor out of the way. That's basically his origin story. Some crazy ass doctor lived in a lived in a property, lived in a, like a mansion or house back in the woods. Put up some gates for the fuck of it. Um, another origin story says that an asylum was built in a remote location back in the woods. So, uh, the idea of building it back there was that it could isolate all the less desirable characters from the rest of the world. So, they want to keep all the crazy people away, right? Which I was thinking about when I was reading it. I thought it was really different than... Remember how I did Bethlehem Royal Hospital out in London? Uh-huh. And that thing was smack in the middle of the city. And they used the people in there as entertainment. Whereas, supposedly, this asylum was to kind of hide people away from the world. I thought that was kind of interesting that... The, the different takes on how to treat the insane or the less desirable, not even necessarily insane, right? Right. So we know how asylums work. So supposedly, at some point in the late 1800s, a fire broke out at the asylum and the whole place burns down. And uh, since it was built in such a remote location, firefighters couldn't get their horse and buggy fire carts out there with water. So um, they couldn't extinguish the flames and a lot of patients perished in the fire in the building and those that escaped were either recaptured or beaten or killed. What a fucking way to go. Yeah, right? 
So the theory is that some of the gates were built to capture the inmates that had escaped to kind of fence them in. But I think that's a little bit ridiculous because they're going to be fucking running. How quickly can you get those gates out? Right. <laughs> Others say that the gates were already there. And because they were kept closed, they trapped the inmates, making it easier to capture and kill them, which makes more sense. How big are these gates? They're big ass gates. They're big gates. But I don't like if you don't have a fence the whole fucking way around. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't write this this the legend. I'm just writing about the legend, and there aren't that many details. It's just whatever people are saying nowadays. I don't think it's even that old of a legend, to be quite honest. Quite. To be quite honest. Quite. So, the inmates that were trapped there, now they're sore, sores. Back up. So, now the inmates that were there, their souls are trapped and they, they haunt the gates. That's the theory anyway, right? And then the final origin story, which is one that I find really interesting and you'll see why. So the final origin story says that there was once a house on the property that has since been demolished and a family lived there back in the 1950s. So it wasn't that long ago. In the 1950s, the husband lost his mind for some reason. It doesn't really, no legend says why. There's no detail, but he loses his mind and he murders his wife and children with a shotgun. And then the legend says that he then dragged their bodies outside, and impaled them on the spikes from the gates, which is fucked up, man. And then the right, house... to take the bodies. To drag them outside and then impale them? Like, it's fucked up enough to shoot your whole family with a shotgun and then to be like, you know what? I feel like decorating my lawn with the bodies of my family. Maybe the doctor was on to something there. Those are some nasty-ass lawn decorations. First, you're <laughs> going to put up seven random-ass gates, and then you're going to throw your family's bodies up on them? Fuck and then you got to clean it up later. Yeah, right? Impractical. Yeah. To say the least. So the house, um, the house was left as it was the day of the murder. So all the furniture, all the food on the table, whatever, right? House is left... As it was the day of the murder, which included the bullet holes in the walls and garage doors until it was eventually demolished. So nobody went in and did anything to the property until it was torn down. So those are the origin stories of the Seven Gates of Hell. I then wanted to know why are they considered gates to hell? It's said that the only gate which can be seen during daylight is the first one and all all the others can only be seen at night. And then it gets a little weirder. <laughs> if someone passes through all seven gates, they're supposed to come face to face with the burned out shell of the asylum, apparently, even though we have two other origin stories, as they find themselves in hell. So supposedly no one's passed beyond the fifth gate and returned to speak of what they saw. So how do we know what they're seeing at the seventh gate, right? Like if nobody can come back, how do you know what they're seeing at gate seven? They how do you above. even know it's a gate to hell how do you not know it's a gate into the veil how do you not know it's just like it sends you to another fucking planet what is it how do you know it's a gate to hell i don't know maybe the devil wrote it or the aliens wrote it it's written somewhere in pennsylvania there shall be seven gates to hell right and if thou walk through the seventh gate thou shall burn in hell for eternity 
and see an asylum. Yes. Apparently that is history. It is written. It is in the making still. <sighs> Where was I? Oh, yeah. So why why is Seventh Gate? Why why is it hell? Why is it an asylum? Who fucking knows, right? So the rumors are that when you go through the first gate, there's only kind of, there's a few spirits there. They hang out right near the first gate. But the more that you go through, the more the more gates that you pass through, the more spirits you encounter. And the more crowded it kind of gets with the souls of the dead. So it gets kind of dark. A little spooky. So why couldn't anybody ever pass the fifth? Is there are too many souls to keep going? It's they like get they, scared or no, they it, die? It's like they just disappear. They get into the they pass through the fifth gate and then nobody sees them anymore. That's as far as anybody goes. Although I couldn't find any accounts of anybody actually trying to go through all these gates. Nothing. Maybe they just so, didn't live to what tell a tale. Urban legend is for you, right? So now, now the area is considered to be cursed by a lot of people. Um, it's really hard to locate the first gate. But the people that do have reported the sense of evil and a feeling of death all around. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you encountered the gate just randomly, like on a hike through the woods. I don't think you so. Get a different. I, you'll see why. But th- th- it's on private property, and the people who own the property put up a fuck ton of no trespassing signs. It is widely known. We'll even get into it. The Hellum Township puts it on their website that this is this is no trespassing. It's private property. You, you stay the fuck off it or you're going to get prosecuted kind of thing. Uh, so Try prosecuting the devil. That Yeah, you know what? That might be a bit of a challenge. Right. I wonder if we've ever done it in history and didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Did we let him go? Did he walk? Probably. Probably. He's probably a fucking sweet talker. Christopher. Christopher? What's his name? Lucifer. (laughs) Wow. Christopher. (laughs) Didn't the devil used to be a saint? The devil's new name is Christopher. (laughs) That's what you're going to call from here on out. Sorry to all you Chris's out there. Apparently now you're evil as shit. Yeah, you've always been evil, Chris. (laughs) Sit the fuck down. Okay. So apparitions are said to be seen all along the path. And strange noises and screams are often heard and weird cold breezes are felt uh, even when the air is completely still. There are reports of cars that just stall out on the on um, Trout Run Road in front of the property. They'll, they'll just stop, stall out, right? Because that's what cars do. Is that what stall means? Stop. Yep. Yep. I talk Cease cars. I do car things. Our engine go poo-poo and the wheels don't turn anymore. I can't even change oil in my cars anymore. I could change them back in the 90s and you get these new cars. I don't know. There's so much shit in the way. I can't even change the oil anymore. It's the same function, brother. If it's all, there's all this other crap in the way. You don't like, drive a BMW, dude. The only people that fuck that shit up are Germans. They Nuh-uh, make you go through 30 dude, billion steps. Fucking Honda, man. Honda fuck shit up. You can't get to anything. It took me, like, I couldn't get professionals to change headlights in that fucking car. Or it cost you $300 to do it. It took a while because they couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> Even though they've seen Hondas. Okay, so here's what Hellum Township has to say about the legend. I thought this was really kind of interesting. They put it on their website in um, 
the following is pulled directly from the website. So it's word for word. So, okay, this says, Perhaps the most notorious of Hallam's mysterious and spooky places is that part of the township known as the Seven Gates of Hell. Apparently, the area in question is a wooded-off trout-run road in the northwestern part of the township. All kinds of wild rumors are attached to the area. An insane asylum supposedly located there caught fire, allowing the inmates to escape, but seven gates surrounding the asylum trapped them, and many were burned or were killed or lived on to stalk and murder. So they go with the asylum They're sticking theory. with the asylum. I'm guessing that's the most popular. Another story links the seven gates to an eccentric local doctor who erected a large gate at the entrance of his property, and rumors sprang up that there was a series of gates beyond that beyond that one along a road leading deep into the woods with something mysterious hidden at the end of the road. It was said that no one who passed the fifth gate ever returned. Just as there seems to be no truth to the rumors about the seven gates of hell, no asylum ever existed there, and the local doctor had only one gate, and that was to keep out trespassers. So he was actually real, I found out. The doctor in the area uh -huh. was real, and he did have a gate. How would they know that he had a gate? I'm sure they had records in the township. You erect shit. For a gate? Whatever. Uh, it's a small town. <laughs> anyway. Enough. There is also no truth to the story that Hellam Township was named for Hell. The fact is that our township's name is a corruption of the name Hallam, named for Hallam, England. Just a note, this area is private property. Trespassers will be prosecuted. So they really don't like this legend. They are not fans of the legend. Apparently there are a lot of people that scared. come down and like fuck around on the property. And it's private property, so yeah. I'm sure it's a bit of an issue for the town. I'd more. capitalize that shit. Like Take 20 it. bucks, and if you can go through the woods, if you die, you die. It's not my fault. Sign the guest book. So the idea of this show is drink drunk dead, right? You don't like getting drunk. I don't like getting drunk. You're right. I prefer so to get, get tipsy. Take some water first, baby. Okay. 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 Can't do it. You? No, you. Okay. <laughs> Such a sad attempt. But you can't roll your D's, so fuck you. What do you mean, roll my D's? You can't roll the D's. What the fuck is rolling a D? I've showed you before. Okay. So, I dug into it a little further, and there is, there's no real road that's named Toad Road, although there is a movie named Toad Road that's about this, and I'll get into that in a minute, but... um. So Toad Road pops up in the legend a lot. It's in every virgin, virgin? <laughs> version of the legend. So is she um, still a virgin? Virgin? If it's in every single one of them, who's to say it's a she? It could be a he. Why does it have to be a she? That's a virgin. Can't he be a virgin too? Wow. Not wow. Way to Legit, come out man. of pocket for that one. Mm -mm. So, however. One local did speculate about how uh, the name may have may have arisen for the area. And they said that um, th this is a local that had lived there for many years. They said that at the head of the trail into the woods, that's now the most popular version of the Seven Gates to Hell, there used to be two stone gargoyles that looked a lot like frogs or toads. And he thought that these might have inspired the locals to start calling it Toad Road. 
but the gargoyles disappeared back in the 70s, which is a really, if I, I've looked into other urban legends, it's like 60s and 70s when urban legends really started to pop up. I don't know why that era was like the urban legend era, but 70s. panic. 70s was crazy for urban legends. That's when a huge number of urban legends popped up. Just people were tripping on shrooms and Maybe. LSD and smoking massive amounts so of marijuana. So was it Studio 54? They were all just fucked out of their yeah, minds. <laughs> Another local says that um, this is an account from a local. They said that they live really close to the site. And they tell of um, a bunch of satanic cults that visit it. And thrill seekers and hell seekers, so people who want to visit hell. Why you would want to visit hell, I don't fucking know. And then, of course, there's just general trespassers that won't leave the area alone. It's, it's you know, it's on private property, so trespassers, back the fuck off. GTFO. So this person who happens to be a ghost hunter or a paranormal investigator said that the gates were so problematic that they've been taken down by the owners, so they're not standing anymore. Um, they don't exist anymore. The, the first set of gates. Although the gates are gone, they feel that they've had personal experiences there, and they claim that when they when you drive past the area where the gates once stood, if you roll your windows down and you sit there and you wait, you'll feel like this cold wind blowing through your car, even if there's no wind outside or it's a swelteringly hot day. And there's no explanation for this cold wind that just kind of sweeps over you. Huh. Which I thought was cool. It's coming from a local. Right. You would think that locals don't want to support this legend at all. But this is local saying, maybe there's something else here. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like even if the gate was taken down, it would still, if it held significant, truly held significance just because the physical object itself wasn't there, it would still, you know, that location would hold its meaning. Oh, yeah, even without the gate there, for sure. If they're stuck to that land, then they're stuck there. So, um, a group of paranormal investigators visited the location, and I'm guessing that they must have visited it before the local that I just talked about lived there, or I'm not sure. But they said that they visit, uh, visited, I can't speak it, the location... And said that the first gate was really hard to find because it's set back from a bend in the road a bit. And it's not only overgrown by weeds and grass and shrubs, but it's also flanked by two other gates. Why you would have three gates right next to each other, I don't fucking know. Why? Why do you need three gates next to each other? Can maybe, you think of a time that you've seen three gates next to each other? I can't. Maybe it was cheaper to buy three gates than one gate and two pieces of fence. <laughs> Buying in bulk. <laughs> Who knows? It's cheaper this way. Buy so, one, get two free. Yeah, deal right. Going on <laughs> Everybody needs at least three gates on their <laughs> property. <laughs> so it was um, reading reading that was a little bit weird, and they said that it was kind of confusing. Um, but that it's the middle gate that is supposed to be the first gate to the seven gate portal to hell so they pass the first gate they don't go through it they go kind of between the gates around it and then the investigators described a clearing that's to the left of the first gate and they say that this this is where wiccans um use for meetings and ceremonies which wiccans aren't inherently dark it's not like 
even witchcraft isn't inherently dark, but people think of Wiccans and witches and they think, oh, they worship the devil and it's evil, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. I've known plenty of witches in my life and they're not like that, but. You're hanging with the tough crowd, huh? I have had an eclectic group of friends. I will say that. So anyway, you see the Wiccan ceremonial area. You have to keep walking way past that and get kind of deep into the woods to find the other six gates, or so the legend goes, which can only be seen at night, right? These investigators decided to visit during the day, so they of course only saw the first gate. If you're an investigator, why wouldn't you go at night unless you didn't have permission to go during the night? I don't know. So the other six only appear at night, or just the the Wiccan thing? The, the other six only appear at night. The only one that you can see during daytime is the first one, according to legend. Huh. Yeah. So they said that they, they did walk around. They walked through the woods, and there were a lot of fallen trees that they thought would probably look like gateways at night. So that kind of arch or just that kind of formation that looks like a gate that you're going to walk through. But um, they only walked until they had seen five of the trees shaped like gateways and then they were like you know what we're not gonna risk it just in case these actually are gates and we didn't even go through them but we're gonna we're good that's enough so they decided to turn back <laughs> like no more all right so they like, just wanted to see if it exists yeah so they didn't really have any experiences there or anything they went during daylight hours so it's not at the time when they could see the other gates they um they didn't walk through any of the gates, so they didn't have any of that kind of experience, but they did say that there was something like it made them uncomfortable enough, made them nervous enough that they didn't want to continue, right? Right. I don't even know that I would have passed the first gate. That's because you're TBH. Fuck you, don't even say it. What? Fuck you. Fuck you. I appreciate your love and support. Anytime, baby. So, like I said earlier, there's an India, in India, an indie film based on the legend. Bollywood. And it's called Toad Road. Ooh, Bollywood probably would have done a fucking awesome job with this, to be quite honest. <laughs> they get some creepy shit out of there. But, so it's called Toad Road, and it came out in 2013, and it was produced by the uh, by a company owned by Elijah Wood, which I thought was cool. Cause I'm yeah. always, are you serious? Serious. Frodo? Elijah Wood? Cool. Never mind. Froyo? You talking about frozen yogurt? You're funny. I'm game. Uh huh. We got a place just down the street. Are they open? No, they're not. Probably they're not at this forever. time. You right. Yeah. So it's about a young man and a woman who decide to get. They, they drop acid. So they decide to go hey. on a trip together. This is the movie, you said? Yeah. And then they go for a stroll in the woods because apparently she's obsessed with the legend and she really wants to see if it's true. So I'm How not going to give... go on acid? And then go into the woods looking for the gates of hell, right? I know. But it's a movie. And it's an indie film. So reviews are really mixed. There's some people that fucking hated this film. And they're like, this is so boring. And other people thought that this was such a well-done indie film. Uh-huh. So I really don't, I didn't look for it. I haven't watched it yet, although it's now on my list. I want to see it. Is it on Netflix? I haven't looked. We'll have to take a look. Yes. 
as you know from this week from being around me research took me down kind of a strange path with For this sure. this week so when i started to research the legend i looked up the seven gates of hell and two other locations in pennsylvania kept popping up i saw downingtown downingtown pennsylvania and uniontown pennsylvania and both are also said to have gates to hell and at first the first when i was seeing these i thought what the fuck, PA really must have a lot of Hellgates or Hellgate legends. And then I started to find, as I researched them further, a lot of really weird and unexpected connections. So I don't know if potentially the legends started in one area and then just kind of migrated. But you'll see when I get into it that it's 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 weird. So Maybe it's the 21 gates of hell. I it's odd so I want to get into I want to get into their legends first and then we'll kind of discuss some of the similarities that I found okay. Okay. is that good <laughs> no you fail oh that's better put it in my butt You want it? is that you're rolling your d's that's not a d it is. There's no D in that. Put it in. There's no but it's D. Put in. Put Put in my butt. Yes. I just said that on. <laughs> All right, bet. This episode's gonna end early. Uh no. <laughs> put it in my. No, I can't do it. Anyway, we're moving on from putting it put in it your in butt. But. I mean, I'm little, and my mom says we're aliens. Not of this earth. What, so we're putting it in your butt? I'm going to put it in your butt. That's my job, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Fuck me right here on this table. No, not with the mics on. Yes, with the mics on. You fucking freak. Moving on to the seven gates of hell, not the hell and torment that I'm in at this moment, trying to record. What are you trying to say? I'm recording this. I indulge in your fantasies. You do indulge in my fantasies, but I don't have to. Can't ever indulge in my fantasies. Fucking air. Okay, so in Downingtown, which is one hour due east of Hellam Township, uh, deep in the woods near Sawmill Road. There are supposedly a pair of massive cast iron gates that are painted red, and they used to be the entrance to a to a gravel drive that led up to a mansion that's now gone. They and can afford a, a cast iron fence, but they can't afford a driveway. Broke ass bitches. Listen to my story, and maybe they'll understand. So fuck okay. off. Okay. First of all, it's remote, and some people like their gravel driveways. Been there. Don't know who. Anyway. Sometime in the 1950s, a man used a gun to murder his entire family, then reportedly what? dragged their bodies down the long driveway and hung them from the fence. Before Why do you returning... keep emphasizing everything at the end of the sentence? <laughs> before returning to the house and killing himself. If you listened to the first part of my story, you would understand, but apparently you two Why the you're fuck emphasizing out. everything? The bodies were later buried on the grounds. And the house was left as it was the day that they all died, including the bullet holes in the walls and the doors. 
with most of the building eventually being torn down. You haven't picked up on why I'm. This sounds it. familiar. Does it? Because it doesn't look like it does to you. It's you a good look thing a you confused. emphasized everything. Mm. So. I just find it funny. There was a man. Wait, wait. Since then, there has been rumored. Uh, the site has been rumored to attract Satanists. <laughs> does that sound familiar? <laughs> what? <laughs> And organized crime activity, that's unique. Downingtown has that. They're the only place that has <laughs> <Yeah>. it. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Downingtown. Uh, no gates stand in the vicinity any longer, but now one of the largest abandoned properties in the area is surrounded by a chain link fence, and it's covered in no trespassing signs. Again? Yes. You didn't emphasize that, so I didn't. No trespassing signs it. are fucking everywhere. Is that better? Better. Okay. So people have been reported to scale the fence to investigate the property more closely. And those who've been there claim to have seen ghost lanterns kind of glowing in an abandoned building where you can see dust cloth covered furniture inside, which I think is funny because have you ever seen anybody use dust cloths on furniture anywhere? What are dust cloths? It's the it's the like the white claws that people throw over furniture, oh, and you always see it in movies, but never. nobody actually does it. Like in Casper. Yeah. No. So you can see dust cloth covered furniture. Why? If everybody's dead, who the fuck cares about the furniture, right? right? Um. Others say they've been chased off the property by large dogs or groups of people in black hoods, and there are also reports of cars stalling on the road in front of the property. Nudge, nudge. And screams that can be heard coming down the driveway, which is now blocked by large boulders. So that's Downingtown. The screams are blocked by large, large boulders, or the the driveway is blocked by large boulders. Mm. That's Downingtown. That's the gates of hell in Downingtown, Pennsylvania, one hour east of Hellum Township. Right. How far are these away from us? Good drive. I haven't Googled the drive from us. Good drive is in pretty or good as in it takes a while. Well, if we figure out how far it is to Uniontown, we can kind of figure out how far it is. I think Uniontown is south of Pittsburgh. Let me Google They it look like you. they're pretty far south. Anyway, shall I go on to the next or are you going to Google first? I'm going to Google it, but you can continue. I'll, get, I'll hit you with the fact mid-sentence. But you're not going to be listening. I am listening. Okay. I know how to multitask. So. Wait, what'd you say? You're funny. <laughs> You're a dick. I think you're so funny. <laughs> Three hours to the west of Hallam and four hours to the west of Downingtown in southwestern PA is Uniontown. So this one's south of Pittsburgh, so it's almost straight south of us. It looks like about where we stopped for McDonald's on our way back from Myrtle Beach. So about... That would be Uniontown. 15... Yeah. Yeah, but 15, not... 20 miles Hallam north or of... Downingtown. North of the... PA West Virginia border. Okay, I get that. Yep. Um, just outside of town of Uniontown, where we apparently stopped for McDonald's, on Tent Church Road, there are a locked set of imposing gates that can be found. And legend says that up the drive from the gate, a husband and wife, and there are a couple variations of legend that say possibly four children lived in the house that once stood there. What the <laughs> fuck was that <laughs> not cool brother how do you spell hell in town h-e-l-l-a-m 
<laughs> A.M.? Uh-huh. Helm Township. It says Helen. Don't ever fart like that. <laughs> I'm serious. All right. So, Helm is... Don't stop it. Gross. <laughs> okay, Helm <laughs> Go ahead. Helm is... Helm's about five and a half hours away from us. Okay. But that's taken, like, you know, in your state. <laughs> Stop it. You're not funny. You're disgusting. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Sorry. Ah. Tell me again. Helm is how far? Five and a half hours away. That's if you're fucking gaseous turbo <laughs> booster donkey again. <laughs> Continuum, Helen Town. Just kidding, Union Town. Yeah. So thank you for your information about how far Helen Township is from us. Anytime there, get, my guy. Gonna get cracking right back into Let's Union whoosh, Town. Get back in it. Whip it. Whip it real good. So okay, husband and wife and potentially four children, right? The husband goes crazy unexplainably, As unexplainably. They and kills the wife and the kids in the variation, and then burns the house down before killing himself. You think he'd kill himself at the same time he burns the house down? That's what I do. I mean, I guess you could set the house on fire and then kill yourself right there. That's true. It's a little bit morbid to think about, but it's a possibility. So now the location is considered haunted, and the gates, which are surrounded again by no trespassing signs, are said to be a portal to hell. Does anybody own the property now? Uh, yes, it's privately owned. Uh, people claim that if you park at the end of the drive at night, you'll hear strange noises, um, children's laughter, whispering, or the sounds of many people talking all at once. And others have seen shadows and flashes of lights or um, balls of light. Like and, orbs? Yeah, like orbs. Uh, one person I saw online was relating a story from their cousin who visited visited the location with a group of friends one night. And this had to have been many years ago because it was before cell phones. So it's been a while. Uh-huh. Anyway, they said that in front of the gates, uh, the cousin gets out of the group's vehicle and goes up to the gate. And they're trying to strike up some activity from the spirits. And then when nothing happened, he returned and... Uh, the group began to just kind of sit and chat and pass some of the time, kind of waiting to see if something happened. So they're all sitting in the vehicle together, right? And then suddenly the cousin shushes everybody because he thought he'd heard something. So everyone goes silent and they all begin to hear what sounds like many voices talking all at the same time, just on the other side of the gate. So it sounds like it's right there because they're parked up against the gate. They're right there. Are they in their car? They're in their car, but they can hear all these voices. So, one member sees what they describe as a blue ball of light floating near the gate. And as it moves toward the vehicle, the group's like, fuck this shit. Let's get the hell out of here, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't want anything to do with it. Let's go. This is cool. Yeah, it's haunted as shit. Get the fuck out of here. We have our proof. Yep, good. Floating ball of light. Yeah, that's what scares me. 
bunch of ghostly voices, not so spooky, don't know how that works, right. whatever. So the cousin throws the car into reverse and tries to speed out of there, so he slams his foot on the accelerator. But almost as soon as they begin to move, the front end of the vehicle comes crashing down. And when I, at first when I read this, I was like, what the fuck? What kind of, did they hit a pothole? What, what causes that, right? They go out and they check the vehicle to see what happened. And they see that the passenger side, side, passenger side tire had completely come off huh. and the lug nuts were missing. Well, damn. Yeah. Do you remember that video we watched a while back of the dude driving his pickup down the road with the tire that had no lug nuts? Uh-huh. It made me think of that, but if you tried to speed up, because that dude was driving fairly slowly, but this guy's trying to speed out of there. Right. And just, just snap him <laughs> off. Yep. Made me think of that dude. So, they freak out, of course. Um, the cousin goes to get a flashlight, and he's trying to search for the missing lug nuts, but can't find any. So, the whole group just hoofs it out of there, and they find the next house down the road and call um, a tow truck from there, and they never go back to the property ever again. Did they get the car? Did the tow truck driver die? Tow truck driver did not die, from what I could tell from the story. I think that would have been included. Um... Though I may be wrong, they might not give a shit about tow truck drivers. Right. That's what I would think. Yeah. So. That's the story. You are appreciated, tow truck drivers. But, so you can see why, as I was going through these legends and all these gates of hell in Pennsylvania popping up, I'm thinking, this is oddly familiar, right? I saw a bunch of similarities across all of these locations, and um, they... The big ones that popped out were that there's a house that was once sitting back in the woods at the end of a long secluded drive at the head of which stood a gate and murders of potentially a whole family um, by a man occurred at those locations and then the house either burned down or it was demolished and now the properties are surrounded by no trespassing signs and the gates may or may not still stand so there's a bunch of similarities and and the the children or families on the yeah, gate, right? So it's weird, or even some of the experiences that people are saying they've had with their cars stalling out and all that. So <laughs> I watched that movie with Jess this week, right? Mm-hmm. We did the right for long distance. We did a Zoom meeting and we watched the movie together. We watched Sinister, and kind of the idea of Sinister is it's essentially the boogeyman but it's not the boogeyman it's like some ancient god that sounds like boogeyman and he gets so whole families are disappearing they're dying except for a child one child disappears the rest of the family dies and it just kind of makes me think of that movie of it's the same pattern in all these different locations but there's no real link between the locations necessarily that the normal person sees that's what popped into my head when I'm reading all uh-huh. this and I'm seeing all this. It's like, this is weird. So, since the Seven Gates of Hell, of Hell in Hellum Township is the most famous legend, I assume that, that maybe that was the first, so that's the most cemented. Um, but there's never an asylum in the township. The township is really like, we had a doctor, don't know anything about a family that killed themselves. There was definitely never an asylum. So I kind of decided 
I, I dug a little bit into it to see if there might have been an asylum nearby that could have inspired that part of the legend. Mm-hmm. And I found one not far. It's in Embryville. It's called Embryville State Hospital, and it's an hour away. The place never burned down, though. Like like any other asylum, it didn't have the best reputation. And as I'm looking at Embryville and where it's located on the map, you know how Google Map pops up, I see that it is just south of Downingtown. Like, it is miles south of Downingtown. It's just, it's right there. Mm-hmm. And um, I looked into it a little further, and um, I wanted to see how close it was to Hellum and how close it was to Downingtown. It's like an, a 15-minute drive, maybe, south of Downingtown. It's only a couple miles. It's not, not quite eight miles, I think. Due south. Due south. So you go Hellum, due east to Downingtown, and then due south to Embryville where the asylum is, right? Mm-hmm. Weird. So I'm digging a little further and I'm going, okay, well, what about Uniontown? This kind of pops up in my head to just check these places and see what it's like in relation to the other locations. And because they, they all look, when you're looking at them on a big map of the state, and Pennsylvania is a big state. They all look like they're on kind of the same line. And so I looked, and being the weirdo that I am, um, I looked up their latitudinal coordinates, and they're really close. So Hellum Township, I'm going to round this up a little bit just to make it simple. Hellum Township is 40.03 degrees north, and Downingtown is 40.0 degrees north. So they're right. Hellum is literally due west of Downingtown. Sure? They're on the same latitude. And then about eight miles due south of Downingtown is Embryville at 39.93 degrees north. I took that all the way out to Uniontown to kind of see on the other side of the state. And Uniontown is at 39.9 degrees north. So Embryville, 39.93. Uniontown, 39.9. So you think there's a correlation? It's weird because I couldn't find any other mentions of gates to hell anywhere else in pennsylvania it's these three locations all along this line and then the weird embryville do you think there's others connects in different states along the same latitudinal line i don't know i didn't look into other states we i could look at other states i know that there are gonna be your fun fact for next episode everywhere yeah i should totally do that (laughs) there are gates of hell reported all over the place but that's a that's a good question. I don't know what it's like in other states. But it was weird for Pennsylvania to be that the only three mentions of gates to hell that I could find in the whole state were all basically along the same line. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Like it I said, weird. I don't know if maybe it moved way back in the 1800s or early 1900s. There was a road that connected all of them. So maybe the legend, the urban legend just traveled that kind of a path or what but they're oddly similar almost the exact same legend right it's a bit creepy so that is the seven gates of hell in pennsylvania (sighs) thank you for sharing with us miss m you're welcome emory emory would you like a pee break mr joel
How was your pee break? Fantastic. How was yours? <laughs> I feel relieved. Good. So I had I had a little thing while um I was on my pee break. Of course, I get on social media and do what people do when they're on their pee breaks. And I found this thing that I, I had to share because it made me laugh. <laughs> it says, believing a mask is going to stop corona is like believing your undies will stop a fart. <laughs> That's so funny. It's too silly. It's like they make me wear a mask at work. Yeah, but especially the homemade masks, that shit ain't stopping anything. Right. Still better than nothing, I guess, but... it Yeah. Also, aside from coronavirus, I wanted to give... I I, I haven't given Jess a real shout-out. I've talked about her a couple times on the show. But I want to shout out to one of my good friends, Jess, over in State College, doing her grad degree, kick-ass chick. I really like her. Glad I met her. Super cool. Hopefully, I'll get her on the the show at some point. Russian heritage. So, I think we're going to do a Russian episode, Russian-themed episode. So, what's your story tonight from Pennsylvania? The Eastern State Penitentiary. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. It is. You uncultured swine. He's making shut up as you go like usual. Are you the one who researched the Eastern State Penitentiary? No, but I've heard it said a few times, so. Heard it. Okay, yeah, you didn't yeah. research it. Oh. Sit the fuck down, bro. Did you Google how to pronounce or pronounce? I don't need to. Google like doesn't know everything, Emily. Don't um, you know that you can't believe every single thing that you believe on the internet? Fuck off. It was built in 1829. The internet is wisdom. Built in 1829, the Eastern State Penitentiary housed nearly 70,000 of the most hardcore lawbreakers from the Eastern Coast. As well as people who you know committed petty crimes. All kinds of people. It takes all walks of life. Hmm. It's a big place, isn't it? Eh. Yes and no. Uh, some noteworthy criminals who had to stay here include Al Capone, a true gangster. Wait, wasn't Al Capone also out at... Um, I got Riker stuck in my head, but that's New York. Um, my God, San Francisco. And Cal. The huh? one I did? Yeah. Yeah. Alcatraz. Yeah. Wasn't he also there? Uh-huh. Oh, so he moved around a bit. Yeah, he spent quite a bit of time. Okay. Um, Willie Sutton, who was a bank robber, and James Bruno, along with his brothers, uh, who was an alleged murderer in the Calares Massacre of 1934. So there's a lot of just, you know normal people in along with some some badass motherfuckers uh it, it was a massive structure the the walls of the halls stood over 30 feet tall like this thing just looked like a castle i think it's funny that i said it's pretty big and you're like meh and then a couple minutes later you go it's a massive structure okay not you said that after i said seventy thousand. it's not that big in terms of how many people it can hold but the thing itself was huge. Yeah, it looks like a fucking castle. Yes. Uh, it had 20-inch thick concrete reinforced walls. I mean, it's literally, it's like a castle was plopped down 
in the middle of a city. Yeah, it's like they prepared it to be sieged during war. Right. They're like, everybody else can go down, but this fucking place is staying closed. <laughs> right. You know, motherfucker's staying up in this bitch. So it was originally designed to hold around 250 inmates. It's not that many, really. So, yeah, that's why I say it's not that big. Um, in solitary confinement, so that's one person... One person per cell. Wait, so 250 people for solitary confinement. Correct. This There's... is how it was originally designed. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was originally designed to rehabilitate people, wasn't it? Let me tell my story. Uh... Hey, I'm sorry. Sorry, I know shit. During periods of its operation, it was home to more than 1,700 people at a time. So 250 1700 1700 a little bit of a discrepancy there less than or equal to um it was said to be monumental in reforming the american prison system when it was built they were to focus on the reforming of prisoners rather than punishment um and there was a the, the model that it was coined would be, uh, become to be known as the pennsylvania system uh, Way to go, PA. Right. And it went went against the widely used system in the United States where prisoners were forced to work together in silence and physical physical punishment was enforced when someone misbehaved. And this was known as the New York system. Oh, even better. Way to go, New York. All right. At the time of its completion, the prison was the largest and most expensive public building to be erected in the United States. It had a wagon wheel spoke like layout. Um, so if you can think of yeah. like the center, you know, the hub, and then it went outwards. With halls in all directions. Right. Wings and all So directions. I would say, you know, mostly like a modern day prison, at least large scale prisons. Uh, to keep prisoners separate from each other in the hopes of better reformment. Reformment. The warden was legally obligated to visit every prisoner every day. And the overseers, so like the guards and counselors every and everything. Every prisoner, every day. Yep. 1,700 prisoners. Well, it was modeled at 250. Yeah, but still a damn. All the guards and everybody were uh, required to see each inmate three times a day. Inmate. Inmate. The doors of the cells were so small, inmates could have would have a hard time getting in and out. Uh, and this was uh, possibly... So that, you know, they would have a hard time to attack officers mm -hmm. outside. Uh, others believe it to be so they would have to essentially bow when entering their cell. Were they short or were they skinny? They were short. Uh, from oh, the okay. pictures I saw, they looked like less than three feet tall. Wow, that's really short. I yeah. mean, that would be a lot for me to bow. To right. A full-grown man, I can't imagine. Yeah. I'm sorry, Emmett's... Mm -hmm. Feeling snuggly right, right. Now, so, you're so this design was being uh, this design being related to the religious inspiration of the prison. Concrete walls and small skylights uh, were all that made up their home. The prisoners' home. The cell. Yeah, and this is supposed to bring them back around to being better people, right. finding them in tiny ass spaces with only a little. Yeah, bit so of there's obviously still a little bit of psychological. Uh, punishment in it. Yeah, yes. no kidding. 
there was a the the skylight in there is supposed to represent the eye of God, giving the the tenants of the cell the idea that God is always watching. There was one thing that I saw that, um, which was kind of um, debunked, I guess, in a sense, that this was a very Quaker Quakerian Quakerite. I don't know how to say that. That it was mostly, you know, the the design of the prison was mostly influenced by Quaker values, but it it only like a quarter or so of the board of of developers who created the prison were Quaker. Um, yeah. So that was kind of like, you know, no. Quakers were really peaceful people. I don't. I could right, not which was them. why that 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 it was believed because the the model, the ideology of the prison when it was built was that it was to be more for reformation. Yeah. And you, you know, you kind of, you understand the wrong that you did and you take that chance while you're there to make yourself a better person. Outside of the cells, there were individual cells for exercise with, again, high walls so that prisoners could not communicate to one another. Exercise, exercise time was set so that no two neighboring inmates would be outside at the same time. And when a prisoner left their cell for any reason, they would have a hood placed over their head so others couldn't see who they are. That sounds like um, the old, old Melbourne jail, because they had hoods that they wore over their heads when they mm -hmm. left. Yeah. God, could you imagine? It's bad during coronavirus being isolated from people, but you literally can't even talk to your neighbor. Mm -hmm. That would drive you insane. You are alone 24-7, and you can't talk to anybody that you know. Right, they probably make sure you that you don't get with, chummy with anybody. The only person you come in contact with was the garden, and then you would probably wouldn't even see him. Fuck that, man. That would drive a person insane after a while. Yeah. Has anybody seen Castaway? <laughs> well, son, you start to lose your mind. Right. And the doors even had heavy wooden um, panels over them, too. They were iron doors. You know, so you couldn't communicate iron at cells, all. cells, right. So it was completely closed off. That the only sucks. The only light you got was the skylight that was above you. But at least they, if you needed to spank one out you could do it in private right. I guess. but you wouldn't have anything to do with i guess imagination i'm sure after a while you, you get pretty That's good true. at imagination <laughs> keep yourself company mm -hmm. so uh the inmates were however allowed to have gardens and pets in their exercise yard one upside maybe they were provided with a faucet over a flush toilet as well as heat in the winters uh, and toilets were remotely flushed twice a week by the cell block guards. And but Ew, so but, that sat in there for like four days. Um, I don't, you know, I didn't really understand that because so the faucet went over the toilet, right? So anytime you would use the faucet, it would push it down the toilet. But that probably still smelled. There must have right. been like some kind of greater pipe or holding tank or something. Maybe. But smell. this came at a time also when um, the White House didn't even have plumbing. 
internal plumbing. Uh, so well, this was quite quite ahead of its time. And shit in his backyard. That's okay. While the penitentiary was designed to move the criminal towards spiritual reflect and change, uh, the reality was that the guards and counselors created their own variety of physical and psychological torture. Prisoners would be drenched in freezing water then tied outside in the winter until mm. ice would form on their bodies. Hung out there for, you know, hours on end. Sometimes they would even spend the night. How did they survive that? I don't know. I'm sure that some of them so didn't. fucked up. Um, another thing was, uh, this was mostly used against prisoners who would talk back or wouldn't follow, you know, like no, no speech rules, I guess you could say, you know, like when they weren't allowed to talk, um, guards would chain their tongues to their wrists in a device called the iron cage in a way that struggling against the chain would tear their tongue. Ew. And there were a lot of people that actually bled out and died from this. From, ah, oh, no. Mm-mm. Oh my God. No. From your tongue. No. Mm-mm. Mouths. Why mouths? Why did you have to go with mouths? Because you had, you know, if you talk out. Oh, God, like, how do you... Mm-mm. I can't. Nothing was strapping prisoners to chairs with tight leather restraints for days on end. Often it was uh, tied down so tight that circulation would be cut off and later requiring amputation. The worst behaved prisoners would be sent to a pit called... Of course, the hole, which was an underground cell block under cell block 14. They would have no light, no human contact, very little food, and very little fresh air uh, for as long as two weeks. I almost honestly feel like that might be a little bit of a step up from being tied down to the point where your right. body parts have to be amputated. At least you get away from the fuckers that do it all to you. Being ripped. Yeah. Okay, send me to the dark hole where I don't eat for a little while. I might. I need to lose some weight, anyways. Uh, uh. I just I can't with this. Can't can't even. The tongue. I can't get over the tongue, man. That's don't talk back. Iron cage. Bite your tongue. Don't bite your tongue. So after 141 years, the prison shut down in 1971 due to lack of resources and money. It's a big motherfucker trying to run that thing. Right. And it actually closed down in um, 1969, but there was an issue. I forget the what prison it was. Uh, there was an issue there, and they had to send some of the inmates over here for a little while. So it was officially shut down as a prison in 1971. Uh, The massive structure was raided by trespassers and overtaken by nature. There were forests that actually grew in cell blocks. Huh. It was essentially kept in a kind of preserved ruins. Yeah. State. So, you know, just enough to keep it standing, but wasn't habitable it's by anybody. Apart and... So in the mid nineties it was taken over by a non profit in hopes of refurbishing it. In the eighties there was a bit of talk also about uh like turning it into a shopping center. So some retail No. Retail uh things. 
I mean, it was it's I right in know. downtown Philly, so no. it's a perfect spot for all no. that bullshit. It's a perfect spot to get your ass fucking haunted. That's what it is. Okay, back about in the eighties, they didn't care no. about haunting. They sure did. Where do you think Amityville came from? It was like the seventies. Okay, but we're also living twenty twenty, where every other show is a haunting show. They it's still not as big of a it. thing. No. It then and still now, it then and is still now standing as a museum and became a national historic site. Guided tours can be taken as well as self-guided tours, uh, which you wear headphones with. And <laughs> it's funny. It's narrated mostly by Steve Buscemi. That's great. That's one of my favorite actors. Right? <laughs> I love Steve Buscemi. As well as some other guards uh, who give accounts, you know, as you walk past certain areas. Now I want to go just to hear Steve Buscemi yeah. narrate this. <laughs> so, as early as the 1940s, officers and prisoners reported mysterious visions and eerie experiences in the prison, many of which corroborated with each other. So, that's it's not like just one person, you know, said one thing and that's it. Like, there's a lot of people who tell the same story. It's really not that early, though, if you think about it. Because it was around for 141 years in 1972 when it shut down. Yeah. So, this is 30 years before. So, 110 years in, now they're going, okay, maybe there's something going on here. Some of the first occurrences. Well, at least some of the most early reported ones. Cell Block 12 is known for echoing voices in spooky laughs. Cell Block 6 being known for shadow figures darting in and along the walls. And then there's Cell Block block 4, which is notorious for ghostly faces appearing to visitors. I don't think I could deal with the, the ghostly faces just popping up. Yeah, so good. I suppose it depends on how they appear. That's true. You'd probably freak out in this case. Gary Johnson, uh, who's a man who helped maintain the crumbling building, and he was, mo- he was a, I guess, a locksmith, mostly. He had a ghostly encounter in the 1990s. He had just opened a lock to one of the cells in cell block floor when he reports a force gripping him so tightly that he was unable to move. He says a negative, horrible energy exploded out of the cell. Tormented faces appeared in the cell walls. Wait, one form beckoned to him. More than one yeah. face appeared in the cell walls? Yeah. Uh, some poli- people believe that when he turned the key, it unlocked a gateway for the trapped souls of the cell. So he, kinda, he unlocked that lock that has been around for 140 years or so. Has nobody unlocked it before? Well, yes, but it's it, that, that lock had been there since... Mm-hmm. The prison existed, you know, in into the spiritual world. That lock might signify, you know. It makes me think of like, honestly, kind of makes me think of like, in SpongeBob when they open the doors for Krusty Krab and all the people come jamming through at the same time. <laughs> and he's just pretty much spiritual, like, get me the fuck out of here. Right? Accurate representation. <laughs> uh, a lot of people report a guard, which can be seen in the watchtowers. One of the watchtowers. Uh, the catwalk is an area where many paranormal events have occurred. Here, a shadow figure was caught on a video. Uh, people have felt extreme temperature fluctuations 
and one visitor had captured a male voice saying, I'm lonely on an EVP. Throughout the prison, visitors and staff reported disembodied screams, cries of pain, sadistic laughter, laughter, and whispers. Others have reported the sounds of cell door handles jingling, furniture being dragged across furniture being dragged across floors. Cloth. <laughs> that beer getting to you now? Throughout the prison, visitors and staff reported disembodied screams, cries of pain, sadistic laughter, and whispers. Others have reported the sounds of cell door handles jiggling, uh, furniture being dragged across, <laughs> 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 furniture being on. dragged across floors. I'm leaving this shit. In <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Large objects rolling on the roof and ghostly footsteps. Many have seen sudden orbs or streaks of light appearing. Have felt unseen people tapping them on the shoulder. And get overwhelming sensations of being watched. And in general have feelings of dread. And there's. Um, I know the one that we don't like. Mostly you. Zach Baggins. Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. Um, he said that this was the most haunted place on earth. He says that like every place he ever goes I'm to. I'm sure he does. But yeah they did a they did an investigation here. Um. And they had a bit of, of reaction. And then there was also Ghost Hunters. Yes, Ghost Hunters. Who... It was like season two that they went there. Yeah. Who also said that this was a very active place. Mm-hmm. And they had gotten, I believe, an EVP and... They got an unusual video. Yeah. It looked like a body of somebody trying to walk away from the camera. And I remember that episode very vividly. Yeah. It was one of the most famous episodes. So they had quite gotten quite a bit of that there. Ghost Adventures, man. It's not that I entirely discount them, but it just feels like it's so more much theatrical of it. than it anything. It's very theatrical. I, I agree. feel particularly Zach, not necessarily everybody else, but yeah, Zach. It's also a show at the up. same point at the same time, so you kind of have to expect it. They have yeah, to show I mean, it I up. I guess so, but it's just too much. People want that excitement every single episode. I don't like how Zach wants to constantly isolate people. That's just terrible investigating. Yeah. Leave you alone. I know how you feel. Yeah. It's terrible. So, don't do it. Pulled a story from Reddit in the subreddit Paranormal by user Samantha underscore static with a K. Uh, and she says, I'm guessing a she, I've gone numerous times over the past dozen years to just walk around. Even in the daytime, there's this presence you feel the second you walk through the front gates. Part of it's just the sheer size. And let's face it, it's a prison. It's supposed to be intimidating. And so much negativity that goes on in a prison leaves its mark. About 11 years ago, I got the chance to spend a few hours at night in the prison. At the time, the the show Ghost Hunters was really popular, and there was an event held featuring Jason Hawes, Grant Wilson, Stephen Gonzalez, Gonsalves, and other people that are part of the paranormal field, such as John Zaffis, Chris Fleming, and Chip Kofi. The guy who played Andy in the first two Child's Play movies was there as well, which sounds odd, but he was a huge fan of the Ghost Hunters show. The event as a whole was pretty neat. 
I'm not a paranormal investigator, but I've had many experiences and and it intrigues me. I also really wanted to experience the prison at night. I'm so glad I did because it was definitely interesting. In the infamous cell block 12, I witnessed many dark shadows flitting from cell to cell, flying across one side to another. At one point, Grant scared the crap out of me by popping out of a cell all excited, telling me I had to go in and check it out because he had been hearing footsteps in it. Sure enough, after a few minutes of standing still and silent in the middle of the room, I began to get this feeling of being watched. Nobody was outside of the cell. It began to get uncomfortable. The best way I can describe it is it felt like somebody was circling me. And then I did hear a few scraping steps going around me. Later that night, Chris Fleming took a group of us to another cell block and asked if anyone felt they were sensitive and happened to have a recorder. I did, and he had everyone else line up along each side of the long corridor instructed, and instructed me to walk down the center, asking questions or picking people to ask one on their own. I was wearing sneakers, so my feet didn't make a sound, and everyone else was told to remain quiet unless I tapped on them. Just as I reached a girl about a quarter of the way down, I was about to tap on her shoulder when suddenly the sound of heavy boots came from the catwalk above us. There was no railing up there, so it was not in use. No one goes up there. We both looked up, and of course there's nothing there, but the boot steps were clear as day, then faded into nothing. The girl and I confirmed we both heard it, but strangely, only those of us right near the spot had heard it. No one else further down did. Later, when I listened to my recorder, I had, in fact, caught the footsteps both in the cell I stood in as well as the cell block. The creepy thing was that also recorded from the cell was a deep male voice whispering. I wish I saw the recorder, but it got lost during a move. Damn it. That would have been so cool. Right. I would have totally listened to that. For sure. For sure. I want to hear all of the EVPs. They're creepy, but I fucking love them. Yeah. The EVPs are so cool. And that was her story. That's a good story. Yeah. Damn. I cannot wait. I hope I get to go on some paranormal investigations soon. I had walked by the prison, the penitentiary. Sorry. And you went to visit your sister? Yeah. And it is. It's just a massive building. And it looks so out of place because it's in, it's, it's fairly close to the Museum of uh, Natural Arts. The History Museum. I don't remember. Whatever the fuck it's called. But it's in downtown Philly. And... Not right downtown, but it's in you know, like houses and other buildings that are packed up. Right, there's a lot it. of businesses, small buildings, and then then there's this thing, just this massive concrete and stone structure that stands out right on the street, and, and it's, it's just dark gray, and it looks like a castle that should have a moat around it. Right. Yeah. It definitely doesn't look like it belongs where it does, where it sits. Mm-hmm. You wish you'd gone in. No. Are you ever going to go check it out? Would you please come check it out with me? I'd go with you probably. Yeah? Maybe. You're starting to sway a little bit on You'd this stuff. You'd have to do some things for me. Make you shepherd's pie? Yes. Shepherd's pie would work? Wink, wink. Uh-huh. <laughs> wink, wink. You're a dweeb. Thank you. So that is my story on the Eastern State Penitentiary. That is some good stuff. That's a creepy place. It seems like it is. I 
I mean, I knew a lot about the history of that place, but I didn't necessarily know a lot about the haunting of the place. Yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't much that I could really find in the way of like personal accounts. There's a few things on Reddit, but Try finding a lot personal of personal accounts about urban legends. But a lot of the ones on Reddit kind of just to me seemed like far fetched. They seemed like stories that somebody was writing just up. Just writing up yep. to make them sound cool. This one seemed to be fairly um, legit. Yeah. Realistic. Realistic. Yeah. Um, Based in reality. Yeah. Other ones are just on a dark, gloomy day. I know. The sky was overcast. When somebody's like, I And the crows were crowing outside when I first walked through the gates. It's like, all right, shut the fuck up. (laughs) My favorite are when you're reading a personal story and somebody goes, I said this to this person and then this person said this and they winked and they got this reaction from somebody else and and it's just such detail that you're going, it's just not realistic. Nobody remembers that shit. Right. Unless you have an eidetic memory, which few of us do, you're not remembering that crap. It's just writing it up, making something up. Yeah. Don't appreciate it. Give me a real story. And even if it was a genuine experience, you're still pulling every single string to its furthest Just make your experience what it is. I'll listen to it if it sounds like you're not making shit up just to become famous for some horror story that you wrote. Coming famous off Reddit. Yeah. People try. There's some good stuff on Reddit, though. There are some people on There's Reddit. There's some that, genuine shit. Yeah, for sure. oh, for sure. It's a good place to, to put out your stories. And it's not to say that I don't think people have real experiences at all. That is not the case. But there are people who absolutely Just had trying their to get stories. a few karma yeah. points, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of stories, we don't have any personal accounts tonight. So send us your fucking stories, you assholes. Yeah. Oh, dickweeds. What does it Mona Lisa say? What What does Mona Lisa say? I on? don't know. You're obsessed with that show. I'm not. Dillweeds? You dillweeds? How did I not know that Diddy had an Instagram, you dillweeds? <laughs> how come you aren't... That's what it is, jagweeds. How come you aren't sending us your stories, you jagweeds? Yeah, send us your stories, bitches. Bitches. So... Don't forget, if you want to send us your stories and you want them shared on the show, you can send them to drinkdrunkdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you just want them to be kept private, that is totally cool, too. You can send them to us and we can just discuss them. I've I've had a few people send me their personal stories that want to be kept off the air and we just talk about them. That's absolutely fine. Um, but you can also find us on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. That's at Drink Drunk Dead. Follow me on Twitter. I'm awesome. You. I'm awesome. You're not on Twitter. Fuck you. You don't, you don't give do me anything. access to the shit. Whatever. You just bitch about this every fucking episode. Yeah, because you don't never care. give me access every episode. Because I don't care. Because fuck you. Because you're not funny. Because fuck you. Whatever. Love you too. Give me access, but I get more likes on my posts than you would on yours. Yeah, bet. Bet. Anyway, follow us on Name social media. Name and password media. right now. Say it on the air. <laughs> I think that's about it for us. Now that you've uh, effectively cursed me out and belittled me on our show. Thank Did you I do much. it enough? Yeah, I think you're you're pretty solid. It's good. It's effective. Everybody, 
bow down to the queen, Emma Ray. Fucking right, Queen Emma Ray. Stories aren't as good as mine, but it's I okay. I am queen of being drunk. Let it go. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't even like being drunk. I know you don't. So shall we? Raise a toast to, to our, our ghosts. ghosts.